0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, a surprising number of smart people, rich people, are not ready for retirement.
1: What is your life going to look like after you retire or sell your company? And the people who don't have that clear, very specific plan are the ones I find have, they have the most issues, and there are really scary statistics about people getting sick.
0: Whether you're saving for retirement or you're a business owner, one of the most interesting challenges that we all face in life is that money doesn't come with an instruction manual, much to our surprise. Money doesn't necessarily make you happier when you have it. Anne McCabe Triana is president and CEO of Quiro Private Wealth, and she has some really interesting insights in this because she's helped many people work through this significant life transition. And thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Well, does money come with an instruction manual?
1: Gosh, I wish it did. <laughs> Wouldn't that make life so much easier? No, it sure doesn't. And what we have found from working with lots of different types of clients over the years is that money does not only not make you happier, but I find that it brings any sort of issues that you may have been dealing with prior to uh, attaining that money up to the surface. Um, So it's a complicated topic. It's one that really needs to be plan for ahead of time. And, you know, you really need to work through some major issues before you have some sort of big liquidity event or, you know, you attain large sums of money.
0: Or you just retire. Or
1: you retire. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what I have found over the years is that money and retirement just tends to make people more who they are. As you work with helping people manage their wealth, talk to me a little bit about the psychology. How do you see people Work through this adjustment well, and how have you seen them really not do a good job of managing it?
1: I think the key for those people who I have observed do this process well is they have a really solid plan in place prior to retiring or selling their company. And that plan is not just I'm going to retire at age 60 and I'm going to live off $100,000 per year in income. It's really what is my day going to look like? What sorts of charitable organizations am I going to get involved in? Do I want to perhaps contract and work a little bit to keep my my brain in the game and my social interactions going so the, the people who have that clear plan of not just the the fun, the travel, the hobbies that one thinks of when they think of retirement, it's really very specific. What is your life going to look like after you retire or sell your company? And the people who don't have that clear, very specific plan are the ones I find have they have the most issues. And there are really scary statistics about people getting sick you know, very shortly after retiring because they lose their personal interactions with people. They lose their intellectual stimulation. Um, They lose feeling like they're part of something bigger than themselves. And if they don't find that elsewhere, then trouble can happen.
0: And this is also an issue for people who get sudden wealth, like, say, lottery winners or professional athletes. The Statistics of uh, what happens to them, it's really quite sobering, isn't it?
1: It is. You know, I was just reading recently the statistics on NFL players and uh, approximately five years after they retire, they have found that 80 percent of them file for bankruptcy. And so this is a very clear indicator that their problem is not not making enough money. Their problem is not knowing how to manage lar- large sums of money. And in the case of professional athletes, the the real issue is they earn you know, what many of us earn in a lifetime in a period of approximately four to five years, which is the, you know, average length of their career. And so it's really important just to go back to the basics of, you know, personal financial management, having things like a savings account and, you know, cash reserves set up and putting a budget in place as much as I know that people consider that a four letter word and don't want to talk about budgeting because who needs to budget when you have tons of money coming in? But it's going back to the basics and understanding how you can really be responsible with these funds, whether it is a lottery winner or a professional athlete or you you receive an inheritance. It's taking those funds and making sure they can last the rest of your lifetime, which is absolutely possible, but you need to plan for it.
0: So in this community here in D.C., we have thousands of of business owners that successfully sell uh, their companies. What do you see... um, From the standpoint of best practices how should somebody prepare to to sell a business from the standpoint of their own personal situation
1: yeah i think it's something that is really overlooked i find that business owners are really focused in the whole process the whole transaction of selling which you and i know requires tons of due diligence and lots of time and and heartache really getting that that prepared but what they sometimes fail to do is think about their personal financial plan and their personal financial situation and what that looks like. And so what I suggest to business owners who are planning to sell is to sit down with someone who can run projections for you and understand after taxes, let me repeat, after taxes, uh, people want to focus on the gross number, but after taxes, what will your personal financial plan look like? How much money can these these assets generate if you put them into an investment portfolio? Do you want to take a piece of the proceeds and invest in another company? Do you want to take a year off and travel around the world? The point is you have to have a clear plan for your personal financial position. And I would argue that it's just as important as understanding what the sale, the transaction of your business sale is going to look like.
0: What about children? I, I get the sense that in a lot of families when wealth happens, the kids don't get educated. What's your experience with with that?
1: Yeah, one of the things we do with families that come into wealth, if they're open to it, and not everybody is open to this, but we try to have family meetings and we try to sit down with the next generation and do some basic education with them. Again, how do you put together a budget? How much should you keep in cash reserves, emergency fund? Um, How how can you be responsible with using debt? Things like that. And oftentimes, we don't have to talk about the numbers. The children don't need to know, perhaps that the parents are going to sell their company for 20 million dollars or 10 million dollars or whatever the number may be but just going over some basic personal financial education has been really helpful there are families who are more open and they want their children to know exactly how much money we're talking about but we we do that you know in a slow process and sometimes we'll bring in outside experts we'll bring in psychologists and people who can facilitate the conversation. I can take care of the money aspect, but you know, sometimes there are some psychological things that need to be worked through. That can be can be really useful to have a somebody like a therapist in in the room.
0: You know, I, I've advised family businesses over the years, a number of times, and you're absolutely right. The psychological issues with the family are, are as if not more important. Does this community look at wealth differently than say other parts of the country, like say Silicon Valley or New York?
1: I think that's a very interesting question. I mean, the the one thing I I think perhaps that's different about our community here in D.C. is the demographics and the ages just generally of of folks who are selling their companies and thinking about retirement. You know, my limited experience with business owners and entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley is when they have a liquidity event, they are tending to be much younger. And so they don't have as many life experiences as perhaps somebody who's selling their company in their 60s or their 50s um, may have. So I, I think, and my hope would be in this area, that because we've had so many more life experiences, you know, when they do sell their companies, they can hold on to the wealth you know, maybe longer than, than other people in other areas of the country.
0: I would agree with that. And it's great to have so many people being successful here. It's one of the untold stories. And we're glad to be telling you here what's working in Washington. I'm at Cape Triana. Thanks for taking the time to join us.
1: Thank you for having me, Jonathan.
0: Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. A special thanks to our sponsor, Eagle Bank. How do you get to be number one in the D.C. area? Eagle Bank did it by putting relationships first. They're flexible, involved, responsive, strong, and trusted. Eagle Bank's goal is your success. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan. Our online writer is Barbara Ulrich. Music provided by two D.C. region bands, two-car living room, and the Sunbathers. And let us know who you think we should be talking to on the show. Tweet us at, at what's working D.C. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening.